It's time for a new era of communication in the swine industry, one that you can get the latest updates while commuting or driving to farms. Here you will have the brightest minds of the global swine industry in your pocket. Your learning uh, has not stopped when you left college, does not stop when you finish your training program, does not stop when you finish whatever it is you've done. Even at 30, 40, 50, 60, you have to continue to improve your skills and prepare for future, which is going to be extremely competitive. Swine It Podcast is only possible with the support of forward-looking and innovative sponsors like Elanco's Prevacent, a new PERS Spective. Visit prevacentprrs.us to learn more. NutriQuest, expert serving producers and delivering breakthrough solutions. Genesis, the first power in genetics. Zinpro, essential trace minerals, exceptional performance. Every Pig, a simple yet powerful pig health and production management tool. Gestal, always one step ahead in swine feeding. Welcome to Swine Eat Podcast. My name is Marcel Gonçalves, your host for today's episode. This episode's sponsor highlight is about NutriQuest. NutriQuest delivers targeted breakthrough solutions to animal producers via nutritional and non-nutritional products, services, and technologies. At NutriQuest, we believe in ingenuity inspired by servitude and that our success comes from helping producers realize improved profitability through optimized technologies and efficient operation. Hello everyone. Today we have Aidan Connolly and we're going to chat about innovation in livestock production, what is here and what is coming uh, to reach us here in the very near future, very exciting times uh, ahead of us. So how are you today, Aidan? Uh, great. Thank you very much. Yes, um, I've uh, been very busy over the last three, four weeks. And of course, the world of agriculture is a very exciting place to be at the moment. It is. And um, if you can just share what you told me a few minutes ago on the flight that you had canceled and the audience that was, that was uh, waiting for you there. Yeah, it's funny, Marcio, you say that. And I discovered, obviously, we have a lot of things in common with your Brazilian background mm -hmm. and the fact you're going to China. Uh, soon, I, I was invited to a conference in China that I couldn't make, and they agreed this morning I should come in by by a video conference. And what I didn't realize was the flight coming out of JFK was going to be delayed nearly nearly three hours. So I didn't make the conference, and I got the word that, which I knew that it was about an, almost a thousand people in the audience, uh -huh. but there were actually another two hundred and forty thousand people. Wow. online wow. want to learn about digital technologies for pigs specifically and, and for agriculture in general. It is amazing. Wow. I wouldn't think uh, there would be an audience that big, but it's it, just think about China and, and technology. It's amazing. Wow. Maybe you, maybe you need to consider translating your podcast into Chinese. <laughs> it's actually, we had discussions about it this week. So you're, you're onto something there. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Um, Aidan, if you could just walk us through your career, uh, for those that don't, don't know you, uh, you know, from the beginning all the way to currently, that would be great. Yeah, so I was very lucky when I finished my MBA in, in, in Ireland. I joined a company called Alltech. When I joined them, the turnover of the company was $24 million, 
And actually, during the period of those 28 years, it, it grew to 2.3 billion. Wow. So I was responsible within the company for um, setting up their office in France. Then I went to Brazil and lived sort of in France for two years, lived in Brazil for, for four and a half years, setting up not just the Brazilian office, but also a factory and uh, offices throughout Latin America. I went to North America with him and ran some of the North American business then came back to the European operation where it was Europe was described very broadly. So I uh, went all the way to Russia, Kazakhstan, Armenia, wow. uh, down into North Africa. But it, it was covering about 50 countries. Then oh, went wow. to Washington, D.C., where I joined the boards of many of the um, main uh, associations there, um, which was kind of cool. Mm. Turkey Federation, National Pork Producers. I worked with uh, Chicken Council, Animal Feed, and uh, some global bodies like the the IFIF, continued, started visiting China quite regularly, and then moved to headquarters in Kentucky, which was, um, I was uh, given the responsibility of chief innovation officer. So I was working directly with the research group. And then last uh, Thanksgiving, I left to start my own company called AgriTech Capital out of North Carolina, and subsequently also became the chief uh, the CEO of a startup called Kentus, which is involved with recognition of animals using cameras. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, pretty quiet, <laughs> pretty quiet career. In fact, sometimes I say to people, you know, the Alltech one in particular, it, it really felt like when we went from 24 to two and a half billion, it, it was a bit like starting with a startup and then moving to a unicorn. Wow. Yes, that's a big, big change there. That's amazing. <clears throat> Very cool. Um, what do you think, uh, Aiden? There are things that seem futuristic, you know, as you transition here from your career to this topic of innovation in livestock production. What are things that seem futuristic but are already starting to happen in livestock production? And also, any comments in pigs specifically as well? Yeah, so, so clearly we have. I'd say three big buckets of technology. One is, for me, digital technologies. I've written a lot about these. Um, CRISPR gene editing technologies. Clearly, CRISPR is the next level of gene editing beyond what we've done with GMOs. Uh, there will be more generations of that technology coming through. And the third bucket for me would be nutritional genomics and nutrigenomics, how nutrition changes gene expression. In the first bucket... It does seem futuristic to think of, I've, I've called it the eight digital technologies. Four of those are, are hardware-based, so those would be things like 3D printing, uh, robots, sensors. Um, if we think of, um, and, and obviously machine vision, camera vision, uh, come allied to um, artificial intelligence and machine learning, if we, if we think, therefore, of the four software-based technologies that are changing things, we are thinking about virtual reality, augmented reality. I've mentioned already artificial intelligence, and the fourth one would be blockchain. If you want to put a ninth technology in there, probably the Internet of Things, which connects all of this, all of this together, the, the hardware devices, the, the software, the algorithms connected together. So within those eight or nine digital technologies, what are we seeing in pigs? Clearly sensors are something that everybody's very excited by. 
Mm-hmm. And we've seen companies like SwineTech using sensors to improve the productivity of, um, of, of sows, uh, preventing pigs from getting crushed. Uh, we see sensors being used to detect changes in ammonia levels in barns, carbon dioxide levels in barns, temperature in barns. So, so in other words, environmental management systems are, are, are really exciting. If I look at something like 3D printing, not too much so far, specifically in the swine world, though obviously we're already seeing very affordable 3D printers, which are capable of um, of printing things like pizzas and cakes and, and candies. Mm-hmm. So wow. where you've got uh, highly processed foods, uh, 3D printers certainly can do it. But they're already using 3D printing in Israel to print meat. So, wow. you know, some interesting things around that. Clearly, if we think about blockchain, I often at conferences, um, when I engage people, I ask them to explain blockchain to me, and nobody <laughs> really wants to from an audience. You don't want to put your hand up and explain what blockchain is. <laughs> but it's it's the idea that we have a traceable ledger online that can't be changed, can't be altered, and has the potential really to prevent us uh, or to give us more traceability uh, when you have food safety scares, when you have recalls in mind. If, if I look at what, um, in particular, probably the, the, the types of technologies being used today, virtual reality is being used at consumer level to teach them about what happens on farms. Mm-hmm. McDonald's in the UK would be a prime example of that. Uh, augmented reality is being used in the case of teaching uh, people what to see when they look at a field, so probably more crop-based and the, the, some of that is also being used to teach veterinarians um, how to recognize warning signs of health issues. So maybe, maybe I should just pause there because I could, as you could tell, I could mm-hmm. keep on going. Mm-hmm. But, but within all of those digital technologies, um, they're, they're all having some impact already on pigs. You do see in particular in China, people using artificial intelligence systems to analyze the sounds of pigs. You see them using artificial intelligence to try to estimate heart rate of sows. They're looking at um, indicators of um, other health parameters. Within Cantus, we've started to work looking at estimating weights of pigs in growing finishing barns. So probably if I looked at where we are today, blockchain is what people are talking about. I don't think it's quite there, even though Walmart is working on it. Sensors clearly being used today, yes. Virtual and augmented reality for training. And for information, absolutely. What's coming uh, within digital technologies, I think artificial intelligence is the one I would believe is going to be the most transformational in the next couple of years. Very cool. Yeah, that's very exciting. I love that. Um, so from all those, if you could uh, distill down a little bit, okay, what would be the one true, one or two that people are implementing right now? I think you already said on the sensors, but also what would be the one or two that should be coming very strongly? And that might be the uh, artificial intelligence. I don't know. What what are your thoughts there? Artificial intelligence is the one I I think I'm the biggest believer in. And I don't think I'm allying. That's being allied at the moment primarily to sensors. So I think the cameras are the most interesting because they're non-invasive. They can collect information easily. And if it delivers an answer which does not look correct, at least the farmer has the ability, the producer has the ability to look at images. 
So, so mm-hmm. that's combined with using that data, that information, using artificial intelligence to interpret it is very exciting. CRISPR is gene editing is already here. Mm-hmm. With what's going on with African swine fever, uh, the development of a vaccine has been very slow and it's very complicated because, of course, the size of the, the molecule that we're going to require. And I know there are at least eight companies in China who seem to be mm. in development of something. But at the same time, we've seen 50% of the Chinese pigs wiped out, mm-hmm. which is quarter of the world's pigs. Wow. And that's having huge knock-on effects to everything we do. I, I, I go to China a lot and sometimes I hear about Maybe 70% of the pigs, 80% of the pigs are wiped out. I honestly think that's an exaggeration. Mm-hmm. I think we're exaggerating too much, mm-hmm. <laughs> overcompensating. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, it's certainly 50, 55% of the moment. Nutrigenomics, the impact of nutrition on gen- genetic uh, expression, uh, gene expression, excuse me, not genetic expression, gene expression, that has the potential to do lots of things in disease, meat quality. There's lots to do with fertility. When we look at things like those manners rich fractions, how are those impacting on the animal we're feeding? And the case of sow, even, sows, even the animals may be coming from those sows. So those artificial intelligence, gene editing through CRISPR, nutrigenomics, those are absolutely happening today. And already the largest producers in the world are, are, are gaining the benefit of that. That's pretty exciting. And uh <clears throat> From the Euro- European standpoint, do you see any um, any repercussion on how they respond to the gene editing side of things? Yeah, it's very unfortunate to hear that the Europeans are going to, some Europeans, let's say, are trying to regulate CRISPR in the same way as we have seen the regulation of GMOs. And I don't think that's going to be very helpful because remembering that yogurts have been consumed in Europe for now over 12 or 14 years using gene-edited, CRISPR-edited bacteria to produce that yogurt. So it's not very consistent. And I think in particular gene editing is is a critical part of how we get more food out of the planet more sustainably, less waste. Everything gets better with CRISPR. And, and CRISPR is a, is a natural process that exists inside of our animals and our plants already. Mm-hmm. We already have the enzyme that cuts and repairs DNA. So all we're doing is we're activating that cutting, that, that scissors technique. We're not putting in any transgenic DNA. So this, unlike GMOs, we're not introducing something that wasn't there in the first place. And um, I, I, I know that Europe has the potential, we've seen it in the past, to mess things up quite badly by, by, by over-regulating things. But I would hope in this situation, common sense will, will prevail and we will see an acceptance of CRISPR uh, to a degree that we've never seen of GMOs. Interesting. Yeah, very, very interesting area. And uh, where do you see agriculture, Aidan, going, say, 30 years from now? Yeah, I, to be honest, <laughs> Marcio, I never answer that question. <laughs> I've been at conferences where they say, where do you see, you know, mm-hmm. 2050, 2060? Mm-hmm. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot about these issues. I think a lot about where this, uh, where this world is going. And I'm really struggling because there's so much happening so quickly. 
you know, we're talking about will we see augmented human beings um, as in that we will be implanting the equivalent of iPhones inside of our head right. or extra chips in our brains. The, there are people who realistically imagine that to happen by 2032, 2033. You Singularity U in, in California, in uh, San Francisco area, has been talking about this for a long time. Now, that's a very game-changing phenomenon. Right. Uh, I, I'm a big believer that we will continue to eat milk, uh, drink milk, eat meat, eat eggs. But then you contrast it with the billions of dollars that are going into trying to create these fake meats mm -hmm. to create these alternative proteins and you've got to imagine somebody's going to do something i i don't see it capturing all of the market i frankly don't think it's ever going to exceed 15 20 percent but the margins on that are better than they are for farming <laughs> so one of the existential threats we face in terms of farming is the potential that people are not going to consume products that come from animals um, or maybe they do at a very low level but we'll increasingly see the product products coming from products coming directly from texturized proteins or from even proteins grown on a petri dish um, I, I don't like that future but we have to be realistic and say it's possible um, whenever i get to a conference and i say where are we going to be 30 years from now and I ask the audience rather than trying to answer it myself. Mm -hmm. Somebody always says, well, why, when are we going to grow food on Mars? And mm -hmm. even with the craziness of what that is, I think within a 30-year period, it's too too soon. But we, we have to imagine there could be different ways and different places, locations where we might end up producing food as we, as we go forward. Wow. It's funny that you touched on three aspects that I'm uh, very fun of, which is one is the whole... Um, sensors and cameras with AI, which that's what Tesla is doing right now, a, a killer job, right? And then the other one is um, Neuralink uh, from Elon Musk there with uh, some lots of MIT uh, scientists uh, doing very, very cool things. And then finally, Mars is SpaceX just, just launched a uh, Starship, uh, uh, you know, they, they had a launch a few weeks ago, and that was amazing. So I think it's so exciting because things are moving so, so fast. It's unbelievable. Very fast. And yet at the same time, your listeners are probably wondering because these businesses are not making money. Mm -hmm. And if you're a farmer and you don't make money, you go out of business. You might make it through one year or two years, but eventually you go out of business. You have businesses being created on the basis that we're getting more customers, we're collecting more data, we've got more information, we've got more value. And a lot of that just does not frankly make sense in the old-fashioned world where you have to make something, sell something, and make a profit on it. Mm -hmm. So I, I wonder, and I know a lot of farmers look at this and say, this just doesn't make any sense. How is it possible? Where did this come from? Uh, where are we going with this technology? Uh, frankly, I am very excited, as you know, and I write a lot on LinkedIn. I started publishing for Forbes very recently, oh, wow. trying to write articles that would hopefully be of interest, not just to farmers, uh, people involved in agriculture, food, but also to the general public. But but I think in this area here, there was a, quite a big disconnect between technology um, companies and the farmers that they're trying to provide uh, solutions to. Wow, very nice. Yeah, that makes that makes total sense. Very good, uh, Aiden. Anything else before we move to the three questions we ask every guest? Um, no. 
Isn't it time your PERS protocol evolved? Elanco's Prevacent PERS is safe and effective, offering at least 26 weeks of immunity duration against the respiratory form of PERS. As the first and only on-market USDA-licensed vaccine containing a contemporary Lineage 1 field strain, Prevacent is a contemporary solution. Connect with your veterinarian or an Elanco representative to understand how Prevacent can fit your operation. Visit prevacentprrs.us to learn more. Prevacent, it's time for a new perspective. It is time to our famous three. So the three questions we ask every guest every episode, Aidan, the first one is what's your favorite swine-related book, uh, if any? Swine-related book? A resource. Um, I, I have to say I always liked the nutrition books, particularly those uh, that covered nutrition management. Mm-hmm. And in particular, I really liked the writings of Jez Cole. He's from the University of Nottingham. Mm. I actually met Des, spoke, um, translated for Des when I lived in Brazil. So I was his translator. I even translated one time from, from oh, English wow. to French. So mm. uh, I had to, if you know that if you're the translator, you have to know the speech better, mm. <laughs> better than the professor. <laughs> you need to, uh, you need to, you need to really know it pretty well. So wow. I enjoyed him as a person. I loved his um, way of thinking about farming and feeding pigs. Very practical. John Gadd uh, wrote for quite a number of magazines in the past. Um, he's uh, quite elderly now, but he uh, was a, and is a great writer for translating scientific publications, ideas that you'll hear, theoretical ideas, into something that farmers, producers, workers could use very practical advice eight things you should know if you're managing sows three things to look for in your in your weaning pigs Mm -hmm. so that's type of person and he's written a couple of books as well so those are two writers i I really enjoy um from a from a swine perspective very nice and uh what would be your favorite book in general well, I generally read books that try to take my mind off <laughs> off my business, but um, the one books book books that really made me think recently uh, were the books of Yuval Noah, Y U V A L N O A H. He's written one called uh, Homo Sapiens. Mm-hmm. Um, he also wrote one called Homo Deus. More recently, Twenty One Lessons for the Twenty First Century. Mm-hmm. Uh, he writes about artificial intelligence in a way which is very eye-opening and very scary mm. and particular has a lot of projections and predictions about the future. But I do think we need to understand uh, where it's all going. And he he's a very, very easy to read. Um, he describes the history of where farming came from and the world came from. He's not particularly pro-farming, but I think we also need to understand what the other side is saying. And right. for people who don't take the time to read books, I would recommend you to look up any of, you know, particularly Yuval Noah, look him up online on YouTube. You'll, you'll find videos where he's being interviewed. And even the questions and answer sessions can be really, really interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, I've heard about that one. Never, never read that one. Very, very cool. Um, and then finally, Aiden, uh, in your opinion, what separates successful swine professionals from those that are not? Yeah, that's a really good question, uh, Marcio. I, I would say 
So, so in general with people in agriculture today, the first thing I say to them is get a passport to travel. <laughs> and they will always say, ah, but why do I need to? I'm in the United States. We're the leaders in swine production. Well, if you get the chance to go to Chile and see the, um, the old Super Polio Super um, company and to right. see what they're doing with pigs and to see mortality levels of probably below half a percent, you're just going to learn an awful lot about biosecurity. You're going to learn a lot about the world. If you get the chance to see what they're doing in China uh, with the old farms and even with the new farms, if you get this chance to go to Siberia and see what's being done in terms of pig production in Russia and why Russia has become, in my view, uh, the most astonishing story of the last 15 years in terms of improving productivity um, and, again, uh, showing how things can or should be done, even in the countries which traditionally were not that that good. Uh, Brazil is always amazingly impressive. You don't get to just open your eyes to what's happening in pigs, but what's happening in crops, what's happening in chickens, what's happening, you know, what Brazil is doing. And even though a lot of bad news about Brazil's economy, <laughs> agriculture continues to march forward and has continued to become a bigger and bigger juggernaut in terms of its global presence. So my, my first comment would be a successful swine professional should definitely get themselves a passport, take opportunities to travel whenever they can. When you're in the country, go to the grocery stores, go to the supermarkets, go see how food is being sold, go to open markets, mm -hmm. go to organic markets if necessary, you know, just take the opportunity to see that. Um, clearly that's all part of a general process. And in fact, Maybe I should take the last question. Uh, Yuval Noah was asked, if you have children mm -hmm. and the children have to study, what should they study? Should they study animal science? Should they become veterinarians? Should they become lawyers? Should they become, should they become accountants? Or should they study mathematics? Or should they study art? Or should they study music? You know, what's... And he took a long time to answer the question. And after a long time, he said... I don't really know the answer to your question. Um, I don't think any particular choice in university or career is better than any other one. But what's absolutely clear to me, and you should tell your children, is that when they finish university, they cannot assume that they finished learning hmm. because the future of the world is continuous learning. Right. And if I was to give one piece of advice to a swine a professional of any sort, it is assume your, your, your learning uh, has not stopped when you left college does not stop when you finish your training program, does not stop when you finish whatever it is you've done. Even at 30, 40, 50, 60, you have to continue to improve your skills and prepare for future, which is going to be extremely competitive. Wow, yeah. That, it's, uh, that is amazing, Aiden. Um, I love that. Yeah, we have to be always learning and traveling uh, to see what's going on. And, and uh, funny enough, that's one of the goals of the podcast, which is bring that perspective that you just brought in, which is what is happening in other places, right? And um, how can we copy and paste some of those things? It's, uh, it's much easier to evolve through a copy and paste than radical innovation, even though we need both. Absolutely. Very cool. So thanks a lot. I know you're a busy man and... Um, Really, really appreciate your time and your insights uh, here today, Aiden. 
Yeah, thanks. And as you appreciate, um, I know you've done it already, but for anybody listening, I'm always very open to being connected on LinkedIn. I try to publish most of um, what I write there, so it's open access and it's free. Um, clearly, if anybody wants to connect to, it, to with me through Caintus, that's also possible. So I, I do also tweet, <laughs> so you can see pictures of where I'm going in the nice. world and what I'm seeing, and I try to mm-hmm. only focus on issues relating to to food and to, to agriculture. But again, um, delighted to connect with anybody after the podcast that would like to know more. Very, very, very cool. Yeah, love that. With that, thanks a lot, Aiden. Thank you, Marcio. Hey, guys and girls, thank you so much for being part of our community, as well as thanks for all the great guests that we have had. I hope you enjoy this podcast as much as I do. To be part of our email list and get some exclusive materials, go to our website, www.swineit.com. That's swineit.com and subscribe to our email list. Also, we love feedback. So if you use the Apple Podcasts app, please leave us a review. It is much appreciated. We'll talk soon.